Hello. Gonna change the world with my hockey stick. Gonna make a real difference. Feed the poor and heal the sick. Yeah. Number yeah. 46. We don't have Chippy here today, so I gotta be, yeah, yeah. Gotta be Chippy, eh? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> just do some crazy weird yelling just, in the background or something. Just, yeah, just in the background, just, whoa. <laughs> Chippy uh, went to Buffalo to a, a tournament. Uh, he got exposed to about a thousand uh, kids. And that's just a recipe to get sick. Mm, like, that'll do it to you. There's no way you're not getting sick. If you're taking like selfies and, and kids are passing you things to sign, like, mm-hmm. and then he, he probably didn't wash his hands immediately after, went and ate a sub, I bet, after, and just like, <laughs> oh, he got everything. Yeah. He's got like nine different things right now. <laughs> he, he's got the vid, he's got the flu, he's got I, just a regular cold. <laughs> he he should have came to hockey. I could have uh, let him like smell my hockey towel because mm. like it, it would counteract like it, it is the cause of but also cure to basically every disease. Uh, the right hockey mean? towel is, is basically <laughs> the, a flu shot when you when that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it only works before. Like if you just have uh, hockey a couple times a week, that's yeah. enough of a exposure to bacteria that you can fight off like the common cold yeah there's a lot of things growing on that towel right and (laughs) it just becomes a natural antibiotic i have two i have a gym towel and a and a hockey towel yeah they just cycle between like drying phases oh right smart (laughs) yeah two different because one's like in in a gym bag it's different sort of atmosphere but i mean (laughs) yeah another good thing you can do is just um don't wear sandals when you uh shower and make sure you step in all like the weird puddles that never dry up yeah. <laughs> Going with the sewer rat, um, you know, you got to be as healthy as a sewer rat. Just expose yourself to as much as possible. But mm-hmm. Yeah, Chip, Chippy, uh, not on the pod, but just the, show, today. the show must go on. Uh, I thought it'd be fun. So last pod, um, I, I went to the, my ho- hockey game with uh, Mason's team. Mm-hmm. And one of the kids, uh, I don't know, should I say names on the pod? Am I allowed to? First I'll, name. I'll call him out. Sure, Hudson. Hudson comes up and he's like, Hudson, you beauty. <laughs> there we go. He's like, Coach Jeremy. He's like, I listen to your podcast all the time. And I didn't know we had like eight year old fans because Mason like just couldn't care at all about. We're dropping F bombs all the time. So we, just, <laughs> we, I, I, I just we try to keep it uh, PG, but the odd time. Yeah. We're, we're like, okay, parental warning. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, parents. Put like, the earmuffs on. Not for this pod. We're keeping this one real PG. We don't have Chippy that degenerate on. <laughs> <laughs> He won't even listen to it. He won't know that I said that. Um, anyway, so so Hudson, he's eight years old, and he's like, I love your pod. I listen to it all the time, me and my dad. And uh, it was cool. So his dad, uh, Dustin, is uh, one of the coaches on the team. Dustin and Hudson? Dustin and Hudson. That's what a unreal. nice combo. Yeah. Um, but he's a beaut as well. Like, we have a great coaching staff uh, there. Like, really good. A- every coach, uh, my, my buddy Mike is on the team, and then uh, Brent is the, the head coach. But all very involved. Mm-hmm. And Dustin always helps with with the uh, goalies, and Hudson's a goalie. Oh, okay. Um, but he came up and he's like, "I lo- love the pod. I listen to it all the time." He's like, "But all you did was talk about Mason." <laughs> I'm like, "Well, I I didn't know that 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 our team was also uh, that's your son." Yeah, so. I was like, he's, "That's what I said." I was like, "Hey, my pod, my kid. I'm gonna talk about my kid on my pod." All right, Dustin, you can start your own podcast talking about Hudson. No, no, it's, <laughs> I thought it'd be kind of funny um, to do like a, a minor hockey team stereotypes where you sort of identify the different types of kids that end up on a hockey team. 
Oh, the kids on the team, right? Or, or like, yeah, player, okay. players in general, mm-hmm. we, because I think it carries through. Yeah, you, you once you kind of earn a stereotype, it kind of sits with you for the rest of your minor hockey career. I think it's pretty much like uh, a personality type thing because I've been coaching for a long time mm-hmm. and I see a lot of different types of kids. Right. Right. And and I think we're a couple months into the hockey season now. And you could pretty much be like, oh, yep, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so, yep, that's so-and-so, right? right? Um, so I thought it'd be kind of fun to do. All right. Uh, I guess I'll start it off. Sure. Number one, as a coach, I'm going to go with um, the the star, mm. right? And this is the type of player, you blow the whistle, they're the first in. Yeah. Always the first. They come with speed, hockey stop, take a knee, and they're just looking at you. They're they're just ready to be fed information. They they just have be challenged. Su- such a desire to learn. And when you tell them something, it's like boom, they're trying it. And it doesn't matter if they're the star player on the team, the best player. It's the attitude. Sorry, that is a great point because yeah. they're not always a star. Yeah. You're right. They can ju- they're just there always ready to do their best, which is in the coach's mind the best thing you could ask for. Yes. Okay, that that is a good point because sometimes the, like the star uh, isn't the best listener, and you got to kind of rope them in because yeah. it depends on which age group you're at. Sometimes um, when you have a mix of skill on your team, uh, the kid that's like a, the the best mm-hmm. is kind of like yeah, I already know how to do all this, and then just starts kind of gets detached from yeah the rest of the events because he feels like. It's a below him in a sense sometimes. And you know what's yeah. kind of funny? Mason does this. Like, I'm trying to uh, teach crossovers, mm-hmm. and he has this in his head. He's like, I already know how to do that. He's already heard me teach him, right? So he doesn't yeah. even listen to me a second time. Yeah. And uh, so I'll be teaching the group. Everyone take a knee. I'm, I'm talking about crossovers. In his head, he's just like, oh, I know how to do crossovers. He just gets up and starts ripping around in circles doing crossovers. <laughs> I'm like, right. just just listen to the lesson. Yeah. And then, and you then might pick c- up something new, Mason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or or just like make me not have to uh, say, Mason, take a knee. Right. right. So we continue the drill. But that, that's my first one is, uh, sh- should I call him the star? The star listener. Star listener. Or- oh, coaches love that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go the opposite route. I'm going with uh, the sleepy stand. <laughs> Um, they, uh, show up to the rink half asleep. Parents have to like drag them uh, into the arena with the bag and yeah. the, put the gear on them. They're just like super tired. Don't want to be there. They get out on the ice. They're kind of just like dragging their feet. Oh uh, no. It takes them about 15 minutes just to realize they're on the ice and then they can start doing stuff. But yeah, yeah the sleepy stand, that's definitely a stereotype, especially for the younger kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had one, uh, last year brother loved the game. Uh, I think I talked about this uh, a couple pods ago, and and the so one brother was like great, mm-hmm. loved the game. The other one just like trying to take naps uh, in between shifts, right? <laughs> like during the games, he's just laying on the bench, be like, "When's the gate?" Oh, here we go, the clock watcher, mm. the clock watcher. Hate this as a coach. When are we gonna scrimmage? It's, <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it's like is practice over yet? What time is it done? What time is it over at? Stop asking me. Just focus on the drills and do the drills. And even during the games, coach, when's the game over? I'm like, there's a clock up there. Just right. But yeah, I, I guess on the other side, you got the clock watcher who, and we don't really get this with the younger kids. They're good. The buzzer goes every two minutes. They switch out. Right. But once you start coaching a little older, oh, you get the kids that come to the bench. Coach, that was a 30 second shift. <laughs> like, yep, because. You know, you guys went really hard. Mm-hmm. Well, 
you got they stayed out for a minute. It's because they got hemmed into their own zone. I wasn't gonna call them off. Yeah. Like this was the per- it's like sometimes you get like that thirty eight second shift. And you're like, I need to change them now because if I don't now, it might, trapped, yeah. it might be a minute and 38 seconds and then mm-hmm. it's like gone too long, right? Oh, but those kids that, that comment on when you, like, just let me open the door tell you who's going out yeah. and, and don't talk to me about it. But yeah, th- those kids can, can get on my nerves. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, next stereotype. Uh, I'm going to go with the... The try hard. Oh, okay. Um, Is this in a negative tone? I would say in a negative <laughs> tone. Yeah. Okay. Like the, the, not, or like the suck up. Mm. The try hard suck up. The yep. player that it isn't really uh, doing anything to, to benefit the practice or the team or the game, but they always talk to the coach and suck up to the coach. <laughs> like the Ryan Reeves of the. Of oh, my God. <laughs> the Ryan Reeves. <laughs> no, like, you know what I'm talking about. The, yeah, yeah. the kid that's like always like, Saying the right things to coach, but then yeah. doesn't do anything good. Oh, there's this great meme that's going around on TikTok where, like, the coach gives a speech. Yeah. Right? And then and then he leaves the room. Mm-hmm. And then the kid goes, coach is right, guys. <laughs> exactly. Right? He starts, like, starts the it suck up. up. The coach is right, guys. We need to. Like, he's trying to, like, pump up the We players. need to get those pucks in deep. We got to win those board battles. Just, just says get this, the puck on net. Yeah, it says the exact same thing the coach just said. Coach is right, I call, guys. I call that the mockingbird. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like a, a bit of a different, but that's more as in a only annoying as like a teenager. It's kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I for, for sure. It doesn't I really that. happen as a kid. As The kids just are like doing their own. Oh, thing. they don't care. Yeah. yeah. But then like you start to get that, you know, it starts to get under your skin mm-hmm. and then you identify. It's a, kind of like the, te- the teacher's pet type thing, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, I'm going to throw in the team player. Mm. Uh, so on our team, we got Sophie and she is just dynamite with her passes. Ooh. Gets the puck and she just has head up and just puts it tape to tape and Love to see it. So we paired her with Connor, who's just like a great skater, super great edges. Mm-hmm. And they were just lights out in the game. I think the last game we won like 20 to 4. Ooh. It's, so we've played every team. It's uh, it's not looking good for, for the other teams. We Like every game we've won by is like... Is it still half ice? Or yeah, it's still half ice. Right. Once it goes just to full ice, though, it's going to be worse. Right. Because we got There's guys that can wheel. Yeah. We got kids that can protect the puck really well. Like every kid on our team uh, has something. Mm. You and you got Hudson and Net, so Hudson is actually dynamite. Yeah, when 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 he's focused, right? Usually, what he does is he'll let like three or four in um, early, and then he's like, oh, "I should start playing now." Yeah, right. And then I want to keep it keep it a close game. Yeah. <laughs> so the last game we played, I think it was like after the first period, it was like seven to six, mm. a little bit like closer. And then I had to leave. I had to jet because I had to go pick up Olivia. Oh man, it was a crazy schedule. I was a single dad. Um, I drove. I, I went and picked the kids up from school. I drove Olivia to gymnastics, mm-hmm. dropped her off. I had Mason's gear. I also made peanut butter and jam sandwiches so they could eat in the vehicle. Because I'm like, boom, go to school. Here, eat this. Olivia, you're at gymnastics. Take the, your your outfit and your water. Okay, good. See ya. Then I had to drive Mason to a different town to drop him off at hockey. I'm also assistant coach. So like, pump up speech, get his gear on. You're good to go. Here's your water bottle. Good. Okay. Hop in the vehicle, drive back. To get Olivia, yeah, so I could make it for her pickup, 
right? And it was a staggered start, staggered start. And then I would have had to drive back to the rink to pick Mason up, bring them home, then cook dinner and put them to bed. That was going to be basically like from 3.30 to 7.30, my whole schedule. Taxi. Yes. Put the taxi sign on put the an, vehicle. Put an Uber sign on your car. <laughs> um, but I, uh, Mason has a few friends on the team, so I, I uh, asked so, if, if one of the parents could. some help. <laughs> yeah, I was like, could you drive Mason home just so it saves me from going to cold water and back? Uh, right. Yeah, it was a crazy schedule there. Um, anyway, so that game I had to leave early, and it was like seven to six. And then I texted the parents after, oh, I ha- or the coach after, hey, how'd the game go? Oh yeah, we won like eighteen to seven. Oh, I was like, oh, they got better after you left. Well, yeah. Well, Hudson, <laughs> that's the thing. Hudson's like, yeah, I'm gonna stop every puck now. Right. Yeah, but he's a great goaltender for sure. Love um, to hear that. Well, I mean, it's it's hard because we got decent players. It's a house league team, mm-hmm. right? So local league, we tr- we still travel. Right. Um, but yeah, there's on other teams. There's kids that like can't skate that well, and right. we're just dominating. Mm. So that that's what happens. Like until they get a bit older, then it can get a bit more competitive. Well, what do we do? And, like, because we're trying to implement. All right, Keep dominating. Chip, that's you what I'm say, saying. Pump the net. <laughs> Fill the net. Yeah. <laughs> make make every other team quit hockey. Mason, I want to see you drive that net hard. I don't care if we're up twenty-one to three. <laughs> Take you, it to the net. <laughs> well. You, you want the, so what we did is just implement a, a pass rule, mm. right? Start start moving the oh, puck I around. That, yeah. yeah, like three pass before you shoot. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get some of the guys that hadn't scored uh, some goals, right? Right. Um, so you speaking of passing, that was your neck your stereotype, the team player. Yeah, the, the team player. She just like always looking for the perfect pass. Looking for the passes. Um, she's also like she was running the warm up, mm. right? So it's like. More of a leadership role, but like the the, t- the team player, the, you're there for the team. Um, no self, not selfish at all. Like she went on a, a breakaway, cut wide, gave it to Connor. Connor gives it back to her. It's mm. like nice tic tac toe plays. Yeah, just like kind of uh, fits in with the um, most sportsman like. Never yeah. gets a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my next one, I think I'm gonna go with the bull in a china shop. Oh yeah. The I don't I can't. Like, I can think of a few guys I, I played with growing up, mm-hmm. but even on our men's league, there's a guy like that. Oh, yeah. Andrew. Andrew. The guy, the, the player on your team that is just always in the corners, always, like, stick flailing around, body flailing around, but comes out with the puck a lot of the time because they're just the bull in the china shop wreaking havoc and yep. winning puck battles. Here's, here's the tell for that player. Feet do not stop moving. Right. That's the thing. Like, you're, you're attacking the puck. You get on the player and you just keep on moving your feet and basically just plow through them, you know? Right. Yeah, and and that's what Andrew does. But there was so there was a player on the other team that was doing that. Uh, number seventeen, opening shift, comes and it's non-contact. We're eight-year-olds playing, right? Right. Comes just steaming in and plows over one of the kids on the ice. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Late and the, and then. Are uh, there refs in this? Or? There's a ref, but it's yeah. like they're training, refs in training, and they don't really call penalties because, like, oh, yeah, we'll just let the kids know. Right. Like, 15 seconds later, absolutely labels another kid against the boards, but, like, he's just going for the puck. He's on a rampage. He, he Bowling a china shot, man. Just <laughs> full tilt and just doesn't stop. I don't think the kid knew how to stop. He was really fast. Luis Mendoza. <laughs> yeah, Mendoza. <laughs> Anyways, labeled another kid against the boards. Um, Nolan just, he, he's very dramatic, right? So he falls over and just lays on the ice for like 30 like, seconds. I'm like, hit, coach. I'm hit. I, I just saw my my life leave my body. <laughs> Come back to me. Come back to me, spirit. <laughs> and, oh, God. Yeah, so his, his uh, spirit came back into his body. He got up. But uh, the ref didn't call penalty. 
but the the our coach it's clearly accidental. It's, it's like reckless. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. It's it's just like they're going for the puck and he just collided. But the one kid was like bowling. I think you get one, and well, then if it keeps happening, then you got to like teach the kid. Okay, you can't. Keep so that's what happened. Bowling the, over players like they're freaking bowling. Their players. coach and our coach is like, hey, what's going on? And the coach, their coach is like, ask the ref. Can you kick? our player off the ice please so we can have a little sit down chat with them yeah right yeah <laughs> that's funny that's how it goes in local league u9 yep yeah you get one they can skate pretty fast but they don't have all the tools in the toolbox to be able to control their body yeah <laughs> let me throw another one in there uh stereotype we'll say the uh the early bloomer this mm. is the kid who just like, often the it's often the girls on the team i find yeah maybe because they're better listeners they're better listeners so they can they get more out of practice, and also once it starts getting into like the preteen years, they they usually go through their growth spurt earlier. Oh, that is true. Yeah. So they they have a bit of an edge on the guys for like a year or two there. Yeah. Yeah. So so for for me, what I notice, uh, the early bloomers are the ones who just are a level above, and they just they can skate. It's usually the skating. They usually that have really an older shows. sibling too. That yes, yeah. older sibling. They've been playing against their older brothers. That's like my brother. He was a yeah animal. And yeah. and what I find is you get it because they've just they just love playing, right? So some kids it's like oh when's hockey Thursday all right, and then they go to hockey, mm-hmm. come home. Now it's Legos. It's playing tags with their friends. It's just everything but whatever. Yeah, yeah. like I, I coach kids like this. You know they've just been on their iPad like. All yeah. week long, they show up to practice. They don't look much different, yeah, right? Yeah, And then you get these other kids, and from one week to the next, it's like, dang, how'd you get so good at stick handling? Oh, coach, I've been in my garage. I've been working on my shot. Look what I learned. Look, I'm working on my back end. Hey, coach, is this how you said the snapshot like this? Yeah. Oh, coach, remember what you said about that, right? They're just like, they remembered <laughs> everything I said, and they're taking it home and trying it, right? So you get these kids that just get so good so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just they, they, they take over the game. So yeah, the, the early bloomers, like you said, usually older siblings, um, they have the competition and also they go home and they just like, they're obsessed. They're obsessed yeah. with the game. I was always playing road hockey with my brother. Like, yeah. like I never really felt like I was training. Mm-hmm. It was just, I wanted to be playing hockey more. And if I couldn't, if I didn't have practice, then what was I going to do? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go out on the road and start shooting pucks. Exactly. Like shooting pucks in the basement, working on, like we had like this, uh plastic like tube snowman yep like it was a decoration but my dad cut the top of it and we could put our hockey sticks in it mm-hmm. and i'd use that as an obstacle to shoot around oh, in the nice. basement. so yeah if you hit it though it'd be like boom oh yeah <laughs> so i did something like that for mason like he needs a little um inspiration to to work on his skills right right and i was like you know we haven't worked on a shot for a long time or he hasn't mm-hmm. um and and i know he's got a good shot but he was getting a little rusty right i was like well hockey season's here let's go work on it um I took uh, a cardboard box, like a big one, mm-hmm. and I just threw it in front of the net in the garage. And I was like, all right, Mason, try to lift it. I, all I want to do is see if you could get him to uh, consistently lift his... Uh, With some power. Yeah, consistently yeah. lift the puck. Because mm-hmm. he was kind of like flipping it. Yeah. So yeah, I've like, seen him do that shot. And it doesn't work as well on the ice because no, there's yeah. not as much uh, friction. Yeah. So I was like, let's... So I got a, a giant cardboard box that took up most of the net. Right. And I was like, you have to shoot it over this box. Mm. Something as simple as that, it just gets him motivated. And he's like just trying and trying and trying and trying until one gets over, gets that excitement, right? And then um, the nice thing about the box is if he hit it, it would make like a little dent in it. Right. So he liked that as well. So I was like, okay, try to shoot one through the box. Now he's working on his power 
just trying to shoot through a cardboard mm. box when they're kids, it's like harder to do. Right. Right. But once he started like getting some good dents and beating it up, it just gave him like something to do. Like, oh, dad, can I go? A little sub motivating. Exactly. Can yeah. I go beat the box up again? Speaking like, about that, we might as well get into it. Uh, we had someone message the, the Puck Daddy uh, Instagram asking how to keep their son motivated throughout the season. Oh. Um, so, like, just maybe we can go over some, like, generalized minor hockey tips. That's a great idea. On, like, how to stay, keep your kids invested in yeah, yeah. In the game. Let's do it. Um, I'm going to go la- one last stereotype. I'll keep it quick. It's the uh, space case. Space case. Space cadet? The space cadet. Is mm. that? Is that? That's how I always Yeah, space it. cadet. They're space just... case? I don't know. Space I, cadet. The yeah. space cadet, that's, that's the kid who... He, he's in the the group. The coach is explaining things. He he's looking. He's watching, or or she. Um, but when it comes to the drill, just completely forgot everything that was just said. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, literally, they'll be looking at the ceiling. <laughs> That's true. Or they uh, have, and they always have the bubble, the bubble, uh, <laughs> the bubble cage. <laughs> yeah, and and like every drill, you just can count on them to to just mess one thing up mm. no matter. And, and even if they're at the back of the line, they had a chance to watch like 10 other players do it properly. They're just sitting there. They're looking. It looks like they're looking at the drill and then, okay, go. And they, they just look at you with that blank stare in their eyes. And like, Oh, come on. Yeah. Just it's, it's simple around the, no. Okay. And then you got to <laughs> explain it to them again. And yeah. yeah. You know, what's kind of funny about that saying, yeah, the space cadet Yeah. is why, why, why does that even exist? Like, to me, a, an astronaut is someone who's smart and has to pay attention to every detail. Right. I guess because their mind's in outer space. I guess it's, yeah. That's probably it. Right. So their mind isn't here with us. On Earth. It's not on Earth with us. <laughs> <laughs> it's not on the ice. Right. Yeah. All right, let's do it. You want to do the mailbag? Well, no, it's not the mailbag. I just, I because you were talking about, like, oh, sure. motivating yeah. Mason, like, with that cardboard box, yep. like, shooting it over it, shooting it through it. Mm-hmm. So, just rhyme off a few other like tips that parents can use to keep their kids motivated and improve throughout the season aside from at hockey practice. Yes, I would say number one is just nurture their love for the game. If you were blessed with a kid who just likes to actually practice in their off time, mm. allow them to give them a nice environment. Be an enabler. Oh, yeah. like And if they're like like bored and looking for something to do, one thing my parents would always do, like if I'm bugging them, like, oh, can I play Wii or um, – can I see if so-and-so can play or whatever? They'll be like, yep. why don't you just go shoot some pucks? And be like, you know Love what? It. Sure. Yeah. If, if they accept that. Because like, to me, that's all, that's always been fun. Yes. So it'd be like, why don't you go play, shoot some pucks or play guitar or mm-hmm. go outside. But like shooting pucks was always top tier. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing. So, uh, skating, you can only really get better on the ice, but there's seven days of the week. You might get one, a lot of hockey players, you get one game, one practice. If you're not playing high level, yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. right? Um, or like, I think I would get as a rep player, I'd get sometimes two practices a week at yeah. most, usually one and then two games. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, like you don't have a lot of chances to improve, right? So stick handling. There's seven days in a week. You got stick handling and shooting. You and none of those practices are individual skills usually. Oh, once they get older, no, it's all yeah. team dynamics, team team tactics, and stuff like that, right? So you don't really get to work on your skills and hone them. Mm-hmm. So you want to work on that at home. Stick handling, shooting, and it's as simple as a stick handling ball or like a green biscuit, the puck, mm-hmm. and just have them like stick handling around, set up little courses, make it fun. Yeah, right? that's the biggest thing is just to make it fun. I used to use golf balls. For stick handling, golf balls is great, and you can put some hockey tape around it so they don't like f- uh, not as fast. 
Right. That's and it's a bit noticed. quieter. A little else. quieter, too. Yeah. Um, you can you can download or uh, go onto the website, thepond.howtohockey.com. Mm-hmm. S- sign up for that. Got an intro to shooting course on there. Yeah, we got a lot of training <laughs> courses on there. Um, if, if the kids, especially over Christmas, mm-hmm. kids are going to be home from school, bored, right? Well, Maybe. we have the pond, too. The outdoor rinks. Yeah. Yes. Like well, you can go, or the backyard ring. I meant like we have like the training site. The yeah, yeah, that's why I said the pond. Oh, I thought you were talking about the, um, on the merch site. Oh, Because we have a, we have a shooting course on there as well. Oh, yeah, true. Um, no, but, um, yeah, make it fun. Um, I would say if your kid loves it, just nurture it. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep on, build a nice environment. So get some training products. Uh, my favorite targets, obviously good targets. Uh, you got to have those in net. Just give them something to aim at. Radar gun is awesome. I fired that up for Mason, and it's, it becomes a video game, mm. right? And then uh, gives them a number to look at. Exactly, yeah. and then encourage games too, right? If you can get the friends over, right, and just have them playing. Yeah, that's... that that creates real scenarios, even if it's just road hockey. too. Exactly, it helps it helps them read cues and dig people, and they're gonna they're gonna do that a lot longer. Mm-hmm. If you ask a kid who's not that motivated. To shoot some pucks, they'll do it for 10, 15 minutes. You get their friends out there, two hours maybe. Yeah. Right? And even going. if they're not playing like a quote-unquote game, they're going to create their own game. And if they have a hockey stick in their hands, yeah, it's still something, right? Yeah. And I would say uh, public skates. F- find the public skates and go to a lot of those. Especially right. like with the younger kids. Mm. Right? Or like public stick and pucks like where you can actually have. Yeah, if you can find stick and puck for, for the kids, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, public skating is awesome when they're early on so they can like – They'll find their friends there. They'll play tag. Mm-hmm. You know how good kids get playing tag at public skating? Right. Just ripping around trying to catch each other. Yeah. That's dodging true. like uh, the old people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The slow movers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I, so I would say um, that, that, that would be the biggest one. And then in the wintertime, outdoor rinks. Yeah. 100%. Get them on the outdoor rinks. And invite, like, invite some of uh, their favorite, like their friends from the team too. Like yes. get everyone out there. Because like the more you have out on the outdoor rink, the more it can get competitive. You know what you do is you like scenarios. You find the parent on your team that has a backyard rink and you start being real nice to that parent, right? Make the mac and cheese. Oh, uh, invite them. Can I get you a coffee? Oh, you, you going to the game? Yeah. What do you oh double double? Okay, yeah, sure. You want some Timbits too? Right? <laughs> You're showing up with the Timbits and coffee for the next few weeks and then yeah. oh the rink's frozen. Oh, what's that? Oh, oh, you, you just got an invite. You just got an invite to the the guys. Oh, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Yeah, sure. Boom, cha-ching. Sure, Mason will come over and play on your outdoor rink that you have to shovel and flood, and you know, and then oh, what? Aren't you that parent in this scenario? I am that parent inviting the friends over for a skate to try to get Mason out there. I'm <laughs> I'm the one with the outdoor rink. But how amazing would it be if you could just ditch your kids on someone for a few hours, right? <laughs> <laughs> just get rid of your. Oh, you've got a break to finally do stuff that you want to do. I think I'll be the parent, like, when I have kids. Yeah. Hopefully they want to play hockey, but yeah, I'm going to try, obviously. Yeah. I think I'll be the parent that's trying to make friends with the other parents, and I'm, like, equally wanting to have new, like, hockey parent friends to hang out with. Yep. With the kids. Yeah. You know, like, I... I think I'll, uh, I'll, or I'll like be the one trying to make an outdoor rink and invite the parents over. Exactly. Oh, we're, we're having a, a rink party for sure. Yeah. Right when it's frozen, I'm going to invite all of Mason's team over and yeah, have like a big fire, all that mm. stuff, you know? Uh, something that obviously in our neighborhood, when we moved in here, Mason was still young and I was like, I cannot wait till he starts playing hockey and we're just going to have like team parties. And I figured like there's going to be a ton of hockey players all his age in this 
There's not. Yeah. We, we looked down the street. It was all retirees. Mm. Like, where's the families at? There was, there was well, one. You, you did buy into a development, <sighs> an expensive development neighborhood. I mean, we got in cheap, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it most is, people that buy in developments the, the, are retired. The thing is in this development, it was higher priced than like a starter home. Yeah. So I guess a lot of families go with the starter home. Yes. Um, and also it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. So a lot of people won't live here cause it's not close to like, yeah. if you're retired, it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to commute to work. Yeah. But a lot of people who uh, work here are like, air, um, pilots. Right, because yeah. they don't mind the commute, the odd time to the city, mm-hmm. or they have their own businesses because they work from home anyways. Yes. Right, and then everyone else is retired. Anyways, there was a family right down the like one one house over, same age. I was like, oh, this is sweet. They're gonna be on the same team. They're gonna play. Oh no, we play baseball. What? And I tried. I'm like, no, you gotta get you sign your kids up for hockey. I got them out of the backyard rink. I had them. You skating. gave them a brochure. Oh yeah, and a free membership I, to the pond. I was like, I will train your kids. <laughs> Sign them up, but they're like, oh, no, it interferes with the baseball schedule. And, and we like to ski in the winter. So I was like, ah. Jeez, so, the skiers. And, and, and then now Mason is friends with a few kids in the neighborhood, but they're one year older than him, mm. right? So every time I'm like, hey, you want to come out on the rink? We got practice. Oh, let, let's go. They're always on the ice. Always. You cannot be friends with someone on a different team than you in hockey. Every invite I send they're, oh no, we got a tournament that weekend. Right. Oh no, they got a game, mm. and it's a away game. It's it's a two hour drive. Right. It's like they're Jeez. just always this yeah. is always gone. So it's like ah, but tough. Yeah. What, what? All right. What's uh, if you were to think of one overarching tip that you could give to hockey parents for the regular, like for during the season to mm-hmm. keep keep kids engaged and having fun and looking forward to their next hockey practice or game. Yeah. Okay. Like, uh, all-encompassing one paragraph, one tip, what would it be? Okay, yeah, you got to give me a paragraph here. Yeah. Um, first, the most important thing is that they believe in themselves. So that whatever you can do, to, like, they believe they're a hockey player, they're, they believe they can do it, they believe they can improve. Right. Right? And that will lead them to actually want to, to try more. Right? So, inspire them mm. somehow. Okay. You know, pump them up. Tell them how great they're doing. Notice the good things, right? Oh, yeah. Point out, like, the little things they do. Like yeah, I, it goes a long like, way. Dude, uh, like, we were running a practice, and, and Mason's crossovers were great. I'm like, dude, you're crushing those crossovers, right? And you mm. see the smile come on his face. Then the next time, he's doing circles whenever you mention crossovers. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, of course, you can always find something you can correct. But if you always talk to your kid, you're always like, oh, da 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 you're always in their ear trying to tell them what they can fix. They think they're never good enough, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, really fire them up about some things they're doing right. I saw you, like, I do this with all the kids, every kid on the team. Sophie, oh, I saw that pass you made right on the tape. I love that. Keep doing that. Um, one of the kids who's, like, a little, not as strong as a skater, right? But I'm like, we need to see you moving your feet out there. Move your feet. And then after the game, man, you were really moving your feet. That made a big difference. How'd that feel? Like, kid's got a big smile on his face, right? Right. So, point out the good stuff. Um, second thing, make it fun. Right, whatever you can do to add a little fun, a little element of fun to it, mm-hmm. um, it's going to make them want to practice more and enjoy it more. Obviously, right? Yeah, it's simple stuff. Like I said, add a cardboard box in the net. That Even they- in the high end, like high skill levels, you yeah. still it's still got to be fun. Or when they turn seventeen, they're going to quit anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you can you can force your kid to play play hockey a long time and and like have quote unquote fun. Yeah, like scoring goals and all this stuff. But then, if they're not actually truly enjoying it and having fun, then yep. when they 
start to make their own decisions, they're going to be like, yeah, this isn't for me. And then <laughs> uh, for like the lazy um, kids, because like there are some lazy kids, it's like you kind of got to like pull them to the rink. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that case, it's like the sleepy stands, the sleepy stands. <laughs> it's like, well, do you just let your kid run the show and you say, okay, you can just quit hockey or, or quit sports. And then teach what? Some discipline. You got to teach them some discipline, right? Yeah. That's exactly More it. commitment. A like, commitment, right? All in the so morning, it's like, yeah. no, you're going to play a sport. You need to be athletic. You can't be on your iPad all day, every day. Cause there are some kids that's just what mm-hmm. they want to do. Right. So for those kids, I love that. Teach them some discipline. You want to go on your iPad? You have to practice first, right? 30 minutes shooting pucks, 30 minutes working your stick handling. Then you you can earn 30 minutes on the iPad. Right. And use the same approach for their school because they're probably slacking at school too. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to watch TV today? It does not until your room is clean and you've read for 20 minutes. Those are some great tips to help you uh, keep your kids motivated through the season. Uh, let's get into... What's happening in hockey? All right. I just got a notification. I want to kick us off with this, that the NHL draft is going to be hosted in the Las Vegas Sphere. Oh. Which, honestly, that's probably the best location you could possibly that's do it. That crazy. If you haven't seen it, it's a giant orb in Vegas, and the entire thing is basically a TV screen. It's so weird. Yeah, I've seen like footage of uh, like the U2 concert they did the first opening night. Well, so the inside is crazy too. Yeah. yeah. Well, the outside, yeah, they have they put like emojis and like eyeballs and the, all this stuff the on. The outside, it. Like, they can put anything on it. So they put an eyeball and it just looks like a giant eyeball is blinking in the city. Mm-hmm. Like imagine flying over that. Like you're on an airplane and you just see an eyeball on the ground. Are you not like thinking that you've just entered like some evil fortress? <laughs> Yeah, right. And the people in the hotels nearby all looking at it. Oh, it's, it's so weird. Yeah, and sometimes golf courses and they yeah. put emojis that are like doing like little expressions. It's so it's it's like a living ball, a giant orb in the middle a of the sphere. city. It's so yeah, sphere. a sphere. Yeah, um, but it is cool that they they had basketball on it and it looks like so realistic. Mm. But on the inside, I saw that U two U two concert. Yeah, they make it. They can put like a sky and like oh a sunset. My gosh, it's pretty crazy. If you've been to an IMAX, it's kind of like IMAX, but in complete encompassing you like your entire it's like 360 mm-hmm. on your entire like it's wild they can make it look like space you're in outer space it's so weird it's wild just picture all of the nhl gms doing their phone calls in the middle of the ocean or something i would <laughs> how are they going to incorporate that for like this hockey like are they going to utilize just playing highlight reels on the screen the whole time everyone's you like imagine? distracted like someone's like skate, skating circles around yeah like and the first overall pick and they have like highlights of the guy like well i i would hope that they would put like some sort of graphics and like video footage on the outside of the sphere too oh yeah they got to watch while they're in vegas they've got to yeah, yeah, it's got to be a giant ad for the NHL, 100%. Like, I would be disappointed if they just had, like, status quo, not very anything interesting like on a the giant, outside. a giant hockey puck. Because, like, they're going to film from the inside live for everyone to watch. But I want to see I, – I almost want a little sphere in the bottom of the screen to see what's playing on the outside at the oh, same time. Oh, true. Yeah. Hey, well, let's just go, eh? We should, yeah. We'll get on the horn with the NHL. Just, be like, just book a hotel room to look at it from a distance. That's, that's true. No, I mean, <laughs> NHL can bring us out. We went to the Combine, and we yeah. – we, Created some great content. Yeah, we should go this year. Get the puck daddies there. That'd be Vegas for the draft. The sphere. I want to check that thing out. Yeah, for sure. And of course, they want to showcase it, right? Like show off what what they're utilizing. Yeah, I wonder what they paid to be able to host it there. Apparently, it's going to be the last centralized draft where like all of the GMs and everyone goes to the actual venue arena. So I saw that note decentralizing. This one is not decentralized. That one is. 
this the the twenty twenty four draft will be held at the Vegas Sphere. Yep. And it's the same as usual. Yep. But that's the last one where everyone will be in one place. Okay. And, and then after that, it's decentralized. The draft just happens, and yeah. kind of like during COVID, I think. Like, yeah. Where they did it all electronically, or like you don't have to be there if you don't like the players will be there, but probably only like the first that's what I'm saying. round picks, maybe. Like, well, yeah, you, like you're there for the first round, yeah. and then after that, you just like check on your phone who went where. Yeah, right? but I'm interested because like, as like fans going to watch, it's like okay, are you gonna go and watch now? Like I don't understand. Like you're, I guess you're going to see like the main picks, and then you kind of leave. After yeah, that's interesting. Day. Are there other? Because like I feel like a lot of people go to see the chaos of the GMs like running around on the floor, like making. Cal Dubas yeah. has like six phones in his hand. Like that, that's yeah. kind of that's why I would want to go. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because it does seem like why don't you want to get together with your your squad and hang out and like yeah. sit at the table like. But yeah, that, I, I think it's. I don't think it's like a, um, a thing that the GMs care about too much well i don't know maybe it's like they they can gather their crew and be in their own their own office yeah and make the decisions better without being like disorganized okay but there's not as much chaos and i live for the chaos so uh, it's, it'll be interesting and i know that the media teams too like i've heard other uh, podcasts and like elliot friedman and jeff merrick and all these guys saying that they're gonna miss it yeah like and chris johnson too they're like it like selfishly, they like the draft because they get to go and like all of their colleagues are in one place at that's once. Exactly it. It's yeah. It's like a conference. Mm-hmm. But and maybe it's... that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get more on like the the NBA draft. Yep. Type stuff where it's like more about the players and like introducing mm-hmm. them and like hyping it up and making it more of a show. Yeah. Than it is about GMs shaking hands and making phone calls on the floor. Like, because at the end of the day, that's not going to bring in a lot of new fans. Yeah. I you guess. know. <laughs> So anyway, interesting. I'd be, I'm excited to see that. Well, we have to go then if it's the last centralized one. I know we got we got to get in on this uh, conference. Yeah, I mean in Vegas. So so then they're still gonna hold like a draft somewhere though. After this, when it's decentralized, it just won't be as much of a spectacle. It's just not centralized in the sense of all of the GMs will be there and okay. the teams will be yeah. there. Yeah. It'll be like the players are there. There's fans there, and it's televised. Okay. But it's not like the draft floor. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. It's kind of like I'm pretty sure the NHL is I don't I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the NFL, the NBA, all those drafts, they don't have like it's optional whether you go or not. Like yeah. a lot of them they they show the players on their couch. Like in the NFL, I know they have the players on the couch with like their whole family, basically their whole city at their house. Okay. To be announced like when they get picked. Huh. And then it's like a big party. But you just, they set up cameras in each of the main, like, picks house, like, maybe, like, the top ten or something. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm interested to see what the NHL does. It's a copycat thing, right? They yep. always seem to do whatever else, whatever's working for the other leagues, so. Oh, I see next up on the docket is the Corey Perry statement. Oh, yeah. That's, um, that's interesting. That whole debacle, I'm glad it's over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we talked about it in the last pod, and you guys were like, should we? Because it's like... And, and we went, I'd say we handled it well. Um, essentially, like, all the rumors were just rumors. Oh, did you see uh, Connor Bedard's statement, too? I saw that one, yeah. It basically saying it's all BS. It's <laughs> so, like, if you are a legitimate journalist, how are you going to go into a line of questioning about something that internet trolls made up 
and yeah. like teenagers are joking about in the locker room. I feel like you should just leave it. Oh my gosh. And and he basically like after the third question, he's like, Okay, this is all just internet BS. Like, stop asking me questions about it. Yeah. All right, let's let's read Corey Perry's statement here. Um, are we gonna read the whole thing? Or just like kinda Up summarize? to you. I, I I feel like you can look it up yourself if you want to read it. Essentially he's apologizing for the rumors that have come out because of what he has struggling with, like whatever happened behind the scenes. There's clearly some struggles with alcohol and he's in um, whatever programs for mental health he can do for that. Yep. And it's obviously a difficult time for him. We don't know the details of why the Blackhawks um, basically terminated his contract because usually they would go go into an agreement to go in this, like the program for substance abuse and not like terminate their contract. Yeah, it's not like a, immediately. It's a mutual, like better for the person, like, better for the player, but he had to have, there had to have been something that happened that made them be like, okay, we can't let you on the team anymore. Yeah. So, or it's like, or it's like Russia where they just like try to terminate you any chance they can if they're not happy with your performance or something. But the thing is, he was one of the leading. He was doing well. He's yeah, doing well. Like, doing well. So I don't know. It's not like they were just looking for an excuse to get rid of him, like Don Cherry. Yeah, like right? I don't think that argument holds too much weight because, no. yeah, like he's still got a little bit left in the tank and the Blackhawks are so bad that who cares who's on their team anyway. But, <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're like, at the bottom of the barrel. As long as Bedard's looking like he's like shaping up to be a regular like 50-goal scorer, like then they don't care. Yep. Um, so, yeah, he basically apologizes and said that his uh, behavior is inappropriate, wrong, etc. I would like to apologize to my fans, my family. I'm embarrassed, and I have let you all down. As a result of my actions, there has been speculation and rumors. I'm sickened by the impact this has had on others. And this is, what, like, just going like off this quote. So what happens if you're not clear, you're vague. You just leave things for speculation. Mm-hmm. The speculators will speculate, and the more yeah. vague the more fantastical they'll make the rumors, mm-hmm. right? Unless you give them, like, squash. That's kind of like... on the Blackhawks, too, though. But yeah. that's why I'm saying, though, that there has, there had to have been something that happened involving alcohol that he did. Oh, yeah. That, like... He did something that's, like... Offside in some way. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be offside. Yeah. It's got to be. And, like, oh, we won't talk about it, and you don't talk about and it. there's got to be gonna... something legal there, too. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, true. Maybe there's, like, some... Like, so they can't... They couldn't... Like, because it doesn't make sense to me that they would have, like, not let him at least play the game if there wasn't something, like, legal. He did something inappropriate. It was more extreme. Nothing that could be, like, excused. Yeah. Where they felt like we have to set, a, draw a hard line. Maybe they're under pressure from, like, previous things that have happened on Oh, the for team. sure they are. We're like, no, let's let's just really take a, a hard, like, approach to this. But if they're going to do that, then you'd think they would just flat out say what happened. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, th- there's there's more to this story. Yeah. And also, seeing uh, Corey Perry issue this statement, the apology, whatever you want to call it. It's good. I also feel like whoever started that rumor should be issuing apology to Bedard's family. Come on. <laughs> come on. The people who start those types of rumors aren't the type of people that are going to come out and say, I'm sorry for my actions. and all, all, no, no, Okay, yeah, maybe not the ones that started it, but the ones that put fuel on the fire just to pile on and get the views, you know? The, the websites that started posting it yeah. like it was news. Yeah, like ridiculous. they should have their own apology articles. Hey, what about Patrick Kane? Uh, apparently Patrick Kane in a, on a podcast, he said that he was like looking out for an invite. Oh, maybe the Blackhawks will bring me back in like a leadership role. And like, they didn't show any interest in him. Well, obviously they didn't extend him. So <laughs> no, like, well, he, he got traded. Yeah. Right. But then like, once they get Bedard, he was thinking, Oh, maybe they'll like bring me back in a leadership role. He, and he, and he went on to say like, I know when I was a rookie on the team, they had 
like some older guys on the team that really helped me develop mm-hmm. and, and, you know, like, um, someone to look up to shape their game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then he said they went with a different leadership role. I guess they had Perry I mean, and Felino. Th- the only problem with that is, is he's probably referring to guys like Marion Hosa <laughs> and, yeah. and they still had a ton of game left and we're still like scoring like 50 goal, like 50 points a, a season, you know? Yeah. True. So it's probably not the same level as like, what he would be referring to. Like I'd, I'd say Bedard is, uh, he looks up to Kane already from his past, not from what he's going to bring to the team now. Yeah. Well, but that's the thing. It's like Kane like lived and breathed Chicago Blackhawks. Like, so I think he would be a great mentor for, and, and yeah, very skilled. Yeah. You know what I mean? I guess like kind of like off ice type stuff or like, and like mentality yes. around the game, but not necessarily like modeling your game after yeah uh let's see i'm trying to find the quote here obviously happy for the organization for connor too to go to a a city like that it's a great place to play he's already doing well oh this isn't the right one one second oh i hate when they split up quotes oh yeah it just keeps on going (laughs) this is okay here it is okay maybe they'll they'll try to bring even like taser or myself back but it seems like they're kind of headed in a different direction now so, yeah, I didn't hear from them, but I'm thinking they're trying to kind of rebuild and get their young players in there and give them the chance. It is what it is. And then when asked whether he uh, took that a little personally, he said, no, I don't think so. I was there for a long time. I was there for 16 years. We had a good run when I was there. I think there's always a piece in the back of my mind that maybe it could potentially happen or even down the line or in the future. So he's still not He's saying, no, maybe I still will go back for like one year, mm-hmm. right? I mean, uh, hip uh, scraping, whatever surgery he got. Yeah. There's uh, Backstrom got that surgery. Yep. And uh, who else did? There's a couple others. And, oh, um, what's his face? I guess it doesn't really matter. Anyway, no player has played more than I saw 50 that. games yeah, after, after getting that surgery. Like, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on Kane after getting that um, to put up points. and to, to Even just to stay in even line. Even yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's a tough surgery to come back from but if anyone can do it it'll be Kaner on a up-and-coming Detroit team oh yeah with uh, lots of uh, upside back with Debrinkat and they got uh, lots of young talent to yeah they to got Stroman Debrinkat mm-hmm. yeah who else there's another guy on that team that's been Detroit oh I mean they got Morty Cider Oh, Cider on D, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he's nuts. He, the Detroit fans are nuts for him. They they really like him, and I don't blame them. Yep, I would like a defenseman like that on the Leafs. Um, moving on to the next in the in the lineup here, I got a question for you, Jer. Yep, the Oilers have won four straight. But oh, they have. But they're still, I think, dog water. They're still like below the. Ducks in the standings or something like they're yeah. still like thirteenth in the West. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but what, what are we a quarter way through the season now? They say that if you're not in within five points of the um, top uh, team, like top uh, wild card spot, yep, heading into December first, then the odds of making the playoffs go significantly down, like just historically. All right, so you're asking me, are they going to make the playoffs? Are, are the Edmonton Oilers going to make the playoffs, or are they going to be disappointed? I'm going to say they're not going to make the playoffs. You don't think they No. Will? I think, like, e- even though like uh, McDavid mm-hmm. had nine points in two games, 
mm-hmm. and I think it got three points in that. So I, th- I think he had like 14 points in like three games. Right. I think like it's just a huge hill to climb. It's a lot of pressure, and they have to stay red hot. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. They have to basically win and and a couple three of, out of four of like every one of their next games for a, at least a few months to get back into it. And then other teams have to like. You know, what if other teams start making a run? That's what I mean. Like above they, them. They have to be above 500 by significant, like, significant marker just to pass. Like, they – because even Arizona, they've been beating, like, some of the better teams recently to, yeah. keep, to keep climbing up. Like C- Comeback squad. So there's a really good uh, website that I'm on right now called Sports League Stats. Mm-hmm. And they do this amazing graph of, like, the chance of uh, making the playoffs. Um, oh, okay. So – so the Oilers started obviously at fifty percent chance of making the playoffs, mm-hmm. and then here's their performance. They dipped down in November to basically a a five percent chance. Yeah, and then after winning four in a row, they went up to I'd say about an eighteen percent chance to make the playoffs. They have it that high. Yeah, it's it's just a little below twenty percent. Wow. Yeah, I'm surprised actually. I would have thought it would be lower. You think still lower? But right? I think I think because the McDavid and Drysidle. No, th- this is completely numbers based. Oh, okay. It, it's all a- about the other teams, what, how many games they have left, the, and the strength of schedule and all that stuff. Like, it, no, it doesn't. Re- it doesn't um, predict anything. Oh, okay. There's no prediction. It's just numbers based. Mm. So it's 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 really cool. It's fun to look at because um, you just can track a team's graph of like you see some wild swings. Like a yeah. few years ago, it was like LA was up here, and then they want to skid. They went way down there, and then they had this miraculous run in the end and came back and made it, mm-hmm. right? And you see, when you really see huge jumps is like later in the season where you have those key matchups. Where where, where one team will win two points, the other won't, and they and then leapfrog. It, it yeah. really like changes the dynamics of like your chances of making it. Um, and that, like, so basically that factors all that in. Like what team is playing? Like if they're... If two competing teams, or, or like someone from their conference is playing someone from a different conference, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it matters. So, what's that site called? Sports. Yeah, it's, it's called Sports Club Stats. All right, hit that one up. That's I'm gonna bookmark that one. That's it, pretty cool. It's it's really it's addicting to look at um, like later in the season and to click on all the like different uh, teams and see like what their journey has been like. It's a really cool graphical. Right. Oh, there you go. You got it right there. So click on a, a team that made a huge uh, spike recently. Right, right there. What team is this? No, down, down, down. Yeah. This one here? Yeah. There we go. The Coyotes. Yeah, because they've beaten, I was saying, oh my gosh. they've beaten like four out of the five most recent Stanley Cup champions. So, so the Coyotes are at an 80% chance to make the playoffs right now. Yeah, and they just beat like all the top guys. And that's what I'm saying. That's why their, their numbers spiked. It's because they beat like the, um, the Golden Knights. They beat the Avalanche. They beat the teams. They're taking points away from the teams that the are blues, above them. Blues, I think. Yeah. yeah, they beat the Blues. So all these teams that are above them, they beat them. If they're beating the bottom feeders, it, they don't jump that quick. So right. they have a huge spike. They went from probably like 45% yeah. to 80%. In, in like a week. In a week. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. And then look at this. This is probably Chicago, eh? The one that's just riding on the bottom. No, go over. Oh, riding yeah. along the bottom. The sharks. sharks. Oh, of course. Sorry, the sharks. Yeah, they're the yeah. worst. They started around fifty, and then they just, just plummeted. plummeted right down to basically like zero. <laughs> well, yeah, like I don't even see a spike there. No. Like so, even when they won games, 
Like it a, just stopped the decline slightly. It just stopped the bleeding <laughs> they stopped a little. The ble- yeah, they oh. just put a little gauze in it. <laughs> yeah, so we can see on the other side the points they've gotten. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it just, their downward slide, just they slid a little less. Yeah, this is right. a neat sight. I like it. Yeah, it's, it's fun to kind of just look and be like, oh, boy. Right. All right. Uh, so you don't think the Oilers are going to make the playoffs? I, I think they have a, a 20% chance of making it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. No, um, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. And McDavid says, and I took that personally. <laughs> oh, you think he's going to go? No, I don't. I So here's the thing. I think that one of the teams in the top, like L.A. or Colorado or Vegas, are going to have to slip up a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm to basically kind of make the gap less less huge. Yeah. You know, like, and, like, I just don't see that happening. No, these teams that are holding those spots right now, unless they, like, unless there's an injury mm-hmm. and, like, they, they lose a piece and they go into a big slide. Yeah. Like, that can happen. Like, basically, it, the whole Western Conference will have to stop. <laughs> like, like, it has to basically even out. There can't be as big of gaps between... Because, okay. like, the, basically the top four teams right now, top five teams, yep. are just, like, lights out. Oh, they're amazing. Yeah. It's crazy. And, like, if they're not playing top, they're still, like, a contender. Yeah. So, so, so essentially, some team has to have a huge fall from grace, mm-hmm. and then any other, no other team can have a Cinderella story. Yes. It has to be the Oilers. Like, like L.A. has to drop right off, yep. and uh, the Coyotes Co- can't jump in there. Exactly. You know? <laughs> like, Coyotes are taking the Oilers' Cinderella story right now. Yeah. So they, they, there can't be two Cinderellas. Uh-huh. It has to be only one. And if it's the Coyotes, it's Coyotes. And, and the Oilers, it just doesn't – I don't know. I think um, obviously they're going to try to add some pieces or change, shake things up. Mm-hmm. But it's out of dis- desperation. Maybe it's too little too late. Come trade deadline. And all these teams that are already good are just going to try to get stronger. They have to stop the bleeding yeah. in terms of, like, goals. Because they've been letting in way too many goals. Mm. And they're paying Jack Campbell for five more years – <laughs> so sorry about that guys <laughs> i love jack campbell i want to see him like succeed I, put I'm, him back in when uh, mcdavid's scoring three a game and it doesn't matter if uh he if uh campbell lets in like four out of five shots he, he's essentially <laughs> a men's league goalie where it's like yeah let in five as long as you can score eight yeah right <laughs> yeah i'm good for <laughs> i'm good to good to uh save about uh, half the shots tonight boys <laughs> yep. yeah oh the uh what is it the samsonov uh, approach to goaltending Oh God! Five goals on your first, or th- three goals on your first five shots. <laughs> sounds good. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, so if the pl- uh, the Oilers miss the playoffs, I wanted to also ask you: Do you think McDavid requests a trade? I hope so. You hope he does? Yeah. I don't matter there. I I've never liked the like. I was I was salty at the Oilers the second they drafted him because I'm like, why do they get Gretzky? <laughs> why do they get Gretzky? And then have a parade of first, second, third overall picks, continue to fail. Like, they suck. They, they were a black hole for talent. Right. Right? Like, they had Nugent Hopkins. They had uh, Nail Yakupov, which was a bust. But it doesn't matter. Like, they got first, like, top five pick after top five pick. Could not get... Convert to anything. Right? Yeah. Like, you're supposed to get... Like, I, I said they should put a limit. Like, there's a rule. You can only get the first overall pick once, and then it's got to be, like, a five-year gap before you get your next one. Right. You can't just keep on sucking and taking all the best talent, right? Like, let these guys go somewhere else. Anyways, and then they get, after they already got so much talent on their team and could not develop it and could not improve, then they get McDavid. 
like uh, uh, get rewarded for their failures. <laughs> oh, it's just sickening. You had Gretzky already. Share some with the rest of the league. <laughs> right? Let McDavid go to Toronto. <laughs> the, I think the it's just a timing thing too, because like you see guys like Matthews now, they're not taking um, eight year deals, mm-hmm. and like the Crosbys and the Ovechkins taking twelve year deals back in the day. Yeah, it's getting like shorter and shorter contracts. So. I think it's on the way to seeing more turnover, but hockey players are hockey players. And I could see, like, I don't see McDavid requesting a trade. I could see them maybe trying to see if they can change things up, but they're not going to No, Right. They just look at their history. It's just mismanaged. Yeah. If a mismanaged team, I don't know what it is, Mm -hmm. but with the amount of talent they've been handed that they haven't been able to come close and like, they keep on, like I guess they made the playoffs a few like, but they don't go deep. They they ne- they don't live up to what they should be doing mm-hmm. with that amount of talent. So if I'm McDavid, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go to an organization that can make like I want to go to Vegas, right? Right. <laughs> Put me on Vegas or Colorado. I mean, they've won. I uh, think that McDavid's gonna ride it out with Edmonton until his contract's up, and then he'll assess his options in free agency and just see like how much money he can get fair yeah um so with that in mind i actually will just go right into the next uh... wait, wait wait i got one question oh. a tr- if someone's trading for mcdavid what does that even look like what, what do you give up okay you just what you took away my hypothetical scenario oh okay <laughs> shoot sorry <laughs> i was trying to segue into this so. oh my bad um, I, I thought you were gonna go do something different no so like let me throw this out there because it's a great i question. don't do a transition unless it makes sense great question Hayden. Um, hypothetically what would it take <laughs> um and i have a scenario here okay, let's go um because you're saying oh mcdavid i wish that he played for a different team obviously you'd like to see him play for the leafs yep so assuming mcdavid is like, yeah, I'm done. I, I need out of here. I need to, like, play somewhere else. Yeah. So uh, the Oilers ring up Toronto. Yeah. You're uh, Brad Tree Living. Yeah. And they say, we would give you McDavid for Marner, Nylander, and Liljegren. Straight up. Would you do it? I think. I, y- y- Marner, Nylander, and Liljegren. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's You would do that? You'd, you'd give away those three? Yeah, and maybe like your, I'd I'd say there'd have to be like a a couple um, low level prospects from Edmonton coming back, and then a draft. They always throw it like, like sprinkle in a little seasoning. Yeah, here. like the little the little salt and pepper on the side. Like yeah. Edmonton gives a defense prospect, and Toronto gives their second round pick or something. Right, right, yeah. Just to like kind of give some speculation there instead of just straight up. See, I don't know. Like, I think that it, me, if I'm Brad Tree Living, I. I'd take that deal right away. Mm-hmm. But I think that in the long run, it wouldn't work out. Because I don't think that you can have two first-line center talents work on one team, and it's just proven to be that way with McDavid and, and Dreisaitl. You split them up, and then you you have so much money caught up in, in two players. Well, but if you're getting rid of Nylander and Marner, you're getting rid of two contracts for one. Yeah, you're getting rid of two contracts for one, so then you just have more spots to fill with less money. Yeah, you're rounding out the talent, I'd say. You think? Like I'd say you're getting. Well, if you're signing, if you're if you're getting like doing a trade for McDavid, it's probably happening right before he needs a new contract. Yeah, fair. And he's not going to make less than Matthews. Yeah. 
So you got two players making close to 14 mil. McDavid's probably going to get 15 mil by the time that happens when his contract's up. Yeah, you guys got to. So then you got two centers making like north of 13 mil. True, true, true. And and, uh, St. Marner signs like for 11 or and Nylander signs for 10. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, you, you got rid of some, but you still have. So it's 21 million versus like 14 million. Maybe. Yeah. But I, I don't think, like, contracts and salary cap aside, I just think that there's – I don't think that uh, the Leafs would be stronger overall, like, in the long run with a McDavid-Matthews combo unless one of them wants to play wing. But then you've just got so much in your top line. Okay, let's go back to the Leafs then. Um, if they were going to do a blockbuster trade, mm-hmm. who should they get? If they were going to do a blockbuster, yeah. like this season? They're giving up Marner and Nylander. Who do you want back? From the Leafs' perspective, yeah, I think I would want a guy like Shea Theodore okay. on D or uh, Petrangelo. Right. Like, was, basically, like, like a, sta- a staple on give D. Give me Rasmus Dalin. Yeah, Rasmus Dalin would be, would be up there. Tage right. Thompson. Oh, like do a Buffalo a trade. Talent. Like I think if it's going to be a blockbuster, it's got to be like a same team. Or, or would you like Connor Ingram and Logan Coo? Like you go go younger. I, like Connor Ingram. Like that's the thing. If you trade for a goalie, he has to be established. Established. Like Connor Ingram's like lights out right now for Coyotes, but that could change next year. Like Jordan Binnington. Right. Binnington had like a crazy season. And the next season, he was like, eh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think part a lot of it comes from like the power dynamic too, right? Like you. You can only be going for guys that like a team is looking to move them. Yeah. Other- otherwise, oh. they have all the power because like I didn't want to move them. You're begging me to take Marner and we're, yeah. We're, we're just speaking hypothetically. I'd say for sure you want a staple defenseman. That's like, like the thing that the Maurice Sider, Rasmus Dallin, you want Dougie Hamilton, Dougie Hamilton, yeah, someone like that. Like if you're doing Marner and Nylander both out, and probably a, a like a side like side defense prospect yep. on the, to go with it. You it's going to be one team like you could do like a Aho Dougie Hamilton. Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah, and like the Leafs are sending That's like, a good a blockbuster. Prospect. That's exciting. Like that's a blockbuster and it's a big change for both teams. Exactly. Mixing it up. That excites me. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah. It's funny how we didn't mention Kale McCarr or Quinn Hughes because it's like you just know. It's just not going to happen. Well, you just know, right? You yeah. just know they're not going anywhere. We didn't even mention it. Didn't even bring it up. Yeah. Um, like, okay, also, yeah, I'd like to trade for – we'll trade uh, Marner and Elander for Quinn Hughes and Quentin Byfield, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two different teams. <laughs> um, but also they're more offensive defensemen, and I think like the Leafs already have Riley, so yeah, I don't want more of like a shutdown right. that guy. True. All right, what do we uh, what do we got next here? Do you have something for most Canadian? We got to get some like sound effects. I'm gonna find that <laughs> for the next episode, so we can play like the Canadian national anthem when we do this one or something. <laughs> I I was thinking I, I'm I'm just coming up spitballing right now. Spitballing. We could do most Canadian movie. Mm. Do you have anything that really comes to mind? Oh. um... See, I probably misidentify some movies as Canadian, though. They just felt Canadian to you? Yeah. Like, they're not necessarily Canadian, but it felt like it, you know? It felt Canadian. Yeah. That's a good point, yeah. Because some of them you just identify. Like, I watched Mystery Alaska. Right. And, like, it it felt 
like a Canadian movie. Like the, they just can't make Canadian movies because it's hard to pitch it in the USA. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm saying, right? We need yeah. to sell this to, to America. That's why there's so many football movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like Mr. Great Alaska felt very Canadian because it's like talking about how cold it is and right. You know, like there was one that I watched when I was younger, a Fly Away Home, and it was basically about like a a goose. They, they, yeah. they had a goose and they rehabbed it and had it like fly back down south with the rest of the. Oh, I East. heard about that. I never watched it. it was, I don't even remember much about it, but it screams Canadian to me. Or maybe like Dr. Doolittle with the talking bear. Right. <laughs> That's funny. I could see that one being. You know, they don't really make Canadian movies now, do they? Not really. Open season, kind of. Open, yeah. Like the kids' the, cartoon right. movie. Like that was kind of. Or li- Little Brother. Well, because well, they used to have like some like I don't know like um, big Canadian uh, actors like John Candy I think is Canadian, mm-hmm. right? And he had like some like more Canadian um, themed movies like it was shot in Toronto, right? Right? Yeah. And, and um, uh, Michael Myers, mm. right? Like he he did like some more Canadian, but they don't really do like that. I guess because all the money's in the states. Yeah. It's all Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Like every movie I think of, and like yeah, that's more states than it is Canada. You know what? Instead of most Canadian, I'm going to do a list. <laughs> most, I'm, I'm just Google searching Canadian right. movies, and we'll see. The one that comes to mind for me, I would say Strange Brew. Don't it's, know what that is. No. I didn't watch those in high school. It was, it was past my generation, but it's uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie, who are essentially like um, Ollie and Jake mm-hmm. from On the Bench. Right. It's pretty much them, but in the 80s. They started their own show where they just sat in the cold white north. And, like, we're Canadian. Right. Like, oh, hey, guys, how's it going? Yeah, we're going to crack a couple Molson Canadians, and, right. oh, it's getting cold. Like, they just had, like, this Just this acting the stereotypes. Yes. Yeah. Um, Red-green show, but it's not a movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's, that's definitely one. Okay, so I'm looking at popular Canadian movies. MVP? I... Most Valuable Primate? <laughs> oh, yeah, let me get into Strange Brew. So, it's, it's Bob and Doug McKenzie. Um, they... It's a wild movie. They're they're very Canadian. Uh, they want to get free beer, so they pretend that they found a, a mouse in their beer bottle, and they take it to the brewery mm-hmm. to... Right, what are you looking up? Almost oh, Canadian movies of the 2000s. Oh, you want something more recent, eh? I'm trying to see, like... Yeah, what... don't, don't look yet. Okay. Don't look yet. Um, anyway, so they go to the brewery, and they try to get free beer, and they realize that there's some, like... The brewery is evil, and, and they have to, like be the heroes and like crack the case and, and oh like re- like reveal that the brewery is evil and then there's a scene where they have to play hockey i don't know it's just it's a wild very canadian movie mm. um i'm gonna read off some of the popular canadian movies i have not heard of a single one of these bandit golden delicious rice boy sleeps ice road I've, I've, that's liam neeson ice yeah. road what the heck that's liam neeson i never even heard of that <laughs> oh indian horse I actually heard that one was really good. Is uh, it based off of a book? No, it's a it's a hockey movie too. Oh, Indian Horse, two thousand seventeen, and I haven't seen it. What a shame. Goon. Oh yeah, Goon. Of course. It was filmed at. Uh, I mean, the second one was filmed at the Barry Molson Center or Sadland Center, whatever it was at the time. Hey, we CBC. We need more funding for Canadian movies, eh? <laughs> Let's get our culture out there. Yeah. That's sad. We actually can't think of a good Canadian movie. I mean, besides Strange Brew. Why is this on the list here? Popular Canadian movies. The Fall of the American Empire. That makes a lot of sense. That's, that's, that makes no sense. Anyway, me. we're go- getting off the rails here. Okay. Um, do you want to do a draft today? What are we, uh, what are we drafting? 
Well, if you want, it's if you want to do one or not. I have one lined up. Wait, wait, wait. We're, you know what? Let's wrap it up. Let's make this in a quick one. Let's do the let's do the mailbag and wrap it up. All right. Minor hockey mailbag or just uh, mailbag madness. <laughs> mailbag like. We're doing men's league mailbag, minor hockey mailbag. Send us your questions about minor hockey. Send us your questions about just um, anything other than the NHL, I guess. Pretty much, yeah, hockey. Yeah. But not NHL. <laughs> uh, do you have any? Um, I've got no, two. I kind of already alluded to the one. Right. Someone asking about how to keep their so he, son motivated. Here's a great one. And because we had awesome mustaches, mm-hmm. the guy started the his question. Mustache you a question. Oh, we need to put them for that one. There we go. <laughs> what list of etiquettes do you think should be respected for men's pickup hockey? No refs. So we're not talking about men's league hockey. We're talking about pickup P- hockey. Pickup hockey etiquette. Like a, yes. Okay. Like do's and don'ts type? Yes. Okay. First thing that comes to mind for me. Your shift, your ice time, okay? Mm. First thing you do is you have your little warm-up, you move the puck around. Everyone's skating laps. Yeah, people are working on their shot, doing some little dangles, whatever. That's going to last a few minutes. Just out of magic, people start to come to the center, right? One guy starts it after maybe 10 minutes. (laughs) And and then everyone knows, and they all put the pucks in the back of the net. Everyone gets in the middle, and then you sort out the team. You figure out, okay, how many people showed up because – it usually happens 10 minutes. Sometimes people come a little bit late. We've got eight blacks. We've got nine whites or lights, lights and darks. Mm-hmm. You sort out the teams. Maybe you got 15 on each side. Who knows? Yeah. So some people go to the bench. A few people stay out, right? Here is where you decide how long your shifts are going to be. This is the biggest etiquette for me. Do not stay out there for six minutes if you've got like, 10 people waiting on the bench to get out there. Go out there, skate up and down a few times, and then you're off. Mm-hmm. I Like a minute and a half because it's pickup hockey, sure. But if if there's a lot of guys on the bench, you shorten that up. It's like 45 seconds, boom, boom, and go. Yeah. Right? And then what happens, though, is that the one guy will stay out for three minutes. And then he's like, oh, that guy's out for that long. I'm going to stay out for that long because you want your ice time, too. Yeah. And then you got... Like, it, it takes you 10 minutes to get back on the ice if you have too many subs, mm-hmm. right? So if there's not so many subs... I'd say the etiquette is to at least pretend like you're trying to take a quick shift. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> big beef, big beef. If you are going to take a long shift, do not glide for one second. If you want to stay out there for three minutes, you better be hauling ass the whole time. I do for not... Pick up hockey? Yes. Mm. Yes. I guess so. It depends on the pickup hockey. Do not go out there and coast around for five minutes and then come to the bench. You are wasting everyone's time. Right. Kind of to follow, follow up that that uh, etiquette, yep. it's on the same note. Usually when I go to pickup hockey, yep. there's only like one or two extras on the bench. Yes. Then you can coast around a little. That's fine. But I'm if I'm uh, judging my shift length, I don't judge it based on how long I'm out there. Yep. When there's only one or two guys on the bench, 100%, I, I yeah. judge it by who am I taking. Like once I see the guy on the bench that I took last time, I'm like, okay, that's when I go off. Yes, yeah. Because then I'm like, we yes. made the full cycle. I like that. And like you know that you're being fair if like that guy has been in there for like 30 seconds to a minute. Okay, now it's my turn. I'll yes. Start. Okay. Yeah. That's great. I love that. 
So, so I'm talking when you have like a decent, yeah, like, like a, a proper a good showing. Yeah. There's 20 guys on each side. Mm-hmm. There's a, the benches are full. Yeah. Like, you know, get your exercise and then get off. Let the next yeah. guy get out there. But yeah, when there's only like two guys on the bench or three. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know who took you off. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay. And then you kind of count your head. Yep. He's had three minutes on the bench. All right. I'm going to hop off. You know when it's your time to get off. Yeah. Another etiquette that uh, comes to mind is uh, in terms of being prepared. So you bring every you bring your own water bottle. You bring more than one jersey so that if you need to even out the teams, you have another like a dark and a light jersey. Oh yeah, I like that. You got to have your own water bottle because you never know with pickup hockey like who wants to share water bottles. You got to bring your own clear tape if you use it. Bring some pucks. Bring some pucks. That's just bonus points, <laughs> not necessarily etiquette. But it's like you're the you're the hero if you show up and no one else brought pucks and you got a few pucks. You bring two or three. Yeah. Right? Just so you can click them down the ice. You know you have your own to play with. Because if, if you show up and no one else brought pucks, and there's only three out there, mm-hmm. then you're trying to do your warm-up. You have to go steal someone else's pucks. Then you hit the pipe, and it goes over the boards. You're like, oh, sorry, lost your puck, dude. Yeah. Right? Now this guy that bought three. Especially at, like, outdoor pickup hockey, too. Yeah. It's a bit different. I'd say in a perfect world, everyone would bring a couple pucks, mm. and it would be a, a, it'd be nice. Yes. Right? Um, for me, next next line of etiquette, don't be a donkey out there. Okay. If you're a good player, just relax, okay? <laughs> Play hard against the good players, right? You're coming down one-on-one. You see that other guy, he's got the red bucket, so you know he played junior A. Mm-hmm. 100%. Try to toe-drag 360 that guy through the legs, whatever. Try any move you want because that guy wants to smoke. Mm-hmm. He wants to try to, oh, yeah, try to go th- take center, and I'm going to lean into you a little, right? No, like but, play to your opponent to right. your level. But then the puck level. goes into the corner, and Gary – the orthopedic no the orthopedic <laughs> surgeon who's like you know recently retired <laughs> right who's dragging his ankles into the corner goes for the puck you're going to let him just <laughs> I'd love t- to see what chip you would say if you <laughs> you take him out at the legs <laughs> no mercy you know you, you let gary get the puck and you apply a little light pressure you put your stick out so he can like get his head up and look and try to make a play. And if he passes the puck and hits your stick, then yeah, sure. But you're not going to drive. You're not going to put your knee between his legs, pin him against the boards, <laughs> lift the stick, strip him the puck, and then skate off, right? <laughs> Let the other players play a little bit too. I'm doing chippy dirty, but I just picture him doing that. Like it could be geriatric in the corner and chippy will be <laughs> body, you know. Boom. Six cross checks to yeah. the spine. You like that, grandpa? <laughs> you don't like it? Come, Don't come out to my pickup hockey. Yeah. <laughs> and and another thing, if you're a good player, some good etiquette, 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 mm-hmm. um, and you're out there with your buddy, because usually like you're a friend, you could bring out your friend. Right. You're the two guys that just got out of college hockey, mm-hmm. and now you want to rip around, right? Don't just pass the puck to each other. Oh, right? include everyone. Yeah. Oh, it, it, I've I've been out to those those uh, pickup sessions, and it's just the two guys. You get on the ice with them, and all they do is set each other up, pass it around. Three minutes, bing, bang, boom. They only look for each other out there. Mm-hmm. Lead passes, so many opportunities. And you pass it to them. Oh, they're going to hold it, hold it, puck hog, puck hog. Give it to your friend, tic-tac-toe. And you're like, okay, guys, we want to play too. Right. right. Share the puck. Pass mm-hmm. around. If I'm out there and there's some old guys, I'm telling that guy. I'm on the bench. I'm like, yo, Gary, Gary, go to the front of the net. I'm going to find you out there, right? And I, I, I take it wide. I look for Gary. Boom, put it on a stick. Right. right. Share the puck a little. Not every time. Yeah. I'm going to be selfish once or twice when I'm out there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try a, f- a few moves. Right. But then it's about balance. But then I balance it out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sauce it over to the new guy. Yeah. The guy who's like just out there learning. And, and I'm going to let that new guy go through me. Right. Once. Just once. Just once. <laughs> right. 
Just so that he has that memory. Th- this kid who's like 19 and is just learning to play hockey. Right. I- I'm just going to, I'm going to give him an open invitation. I'm going to put my stick out like this mm-hmm. and I'm just, I'm just telling him like, put it under my stick. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to make it look like I'm trying to take the puck, tap it under my stick. And then he burns me and I just turn around and I watch. I don't turn around and lift a stick and take it. Right? You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's for fun. It's pick up hockey. The generosity. Yeah, there's a few. Do you got any more? I, uh, I think I could go on for an, yeah. There's a whole there's on tons. This. Uh, don't slap shot it through people. Oh, that's yeah. another one. Like yeah. you, be conscious of everyone's out there just trying to have a good time. You don't need to be doing slap shots when there's someone in the way. On an open net with no goalie when you're playing posts, go for it. You know, like rip it because it's fun. Um, another thing to do with goalies, if you only have one goalie. Make sure that you evenly split up the amount of time that each team gets to shoot like on a goalie. That. I like Cause that. Because it's no fun going to pick up and only being able to try and hit posts or like go yep. if you have one of those uh, shooter tutors to go. Oh, don't stack a side. Oh, yeah. You want to have an even even teams. If, what, if you notice about five minutes in that it's like unfair teams, it's, just switch it up. And, all, and if you're on the strong side, be be honest. Be like, yeah, I'm going to switch teams. Exactly. It's always the light side. I don't know why. They, they always are dust. Whoever is wearing white jerseys, they're always dust. Because the dark side just knows the the power of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like have that on hand. It's like okay, so whatever side you're on, it's stacked. Mm-hmm. Then you're like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna slide over to the other side. Let's make a trade. You make a trade after a few shifts, right? To even it out because it's no fun if you, one side is just dominating. Yeah, for yeah. sure. All right, I mean, we could probably clip that and just throw it on YouTube. <laughs> leave, leave your comments. What's your etiquette for pickup hockey? Yeah, or your pet peeve, so that we know what is good etiquette. There you go. Yep. Uh, oh, I got one more for the for the mailbag. One more to wrap her up. Um, this is a great one. Is it cr- a Gretzky? A Gretzky. <laughs> a Gretzky one. A great one. Oh, I get it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> this one's a great one. Is it crazy to move to better your kid's hockey opportunity? Thinking of moving from Colorado to Minnesota. Since it's the top hockey state in the U.S., is I mean, we've talked about moving for better opportunity in down the, the road, past, but it's like a couple hours south. Is like, it crazy to uproot your entire family and move to a completely new location so your kid can play better hockey? Okay, follow follow up question to that: Does your kid like hockey? One, is your kid any good? I I just want the answer, Hayden. Is it crazy? Yes or no? Um, or are you saying it depends? It depends. Like depends. it's, it's only crazy if you're just doing it because you want your kid to be good at hockey. Mm. It's not crazy if the kid's like, mom, I want to, like, I want to play in the NHL. Like that. Right. I have aspirations yeah. and I'm showing that I'm talented and yeah. that I have the desire to like, it'd be crazy if you did that for Mason. <laughs> what are you saying about <laughs> He's not the next, gra- he's not the next McDavid. I, how dare you? But you know what I mean? Like, yes. It's crazy if you just want your kid to be better at hockey and you're going to... And gonna, you think that the re- it's moving is going to be the that's fixer. That's the solution. Of that. Yeah. Yeah. Because like your you kid's get, not a wagon, if your kid is not dominating their local... Like Claude Giroux area. played hockey up in... Way in nowhere. Um, what was it? Uh, it? It was like 17 hours north of here. <laughs> it starts with a C. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. Anyway, he played like in the middle of nowhere. 
didn't get drafted or like got drafted like late. No, he went to junior B. Yeah. He like moved to Ottawa and played some junior B yeah. and like, oh, this kid's pretty good. We should call him up to junior A. Oh, he, we should put him on our OHL that's like team. A, that's like an anomaly. Yeah. So like there's tons of players that are probably like Claude Giroux that didn't get drafted or didn't make their way to the NHL that dominated through the, like the local hockey system. Here's the funny thing. He did not dominate his local area. Like right. uh, there's a, a quote from his coach and I read this like 10 years ago, so I don't know it exactly, but basically like, Oh yeah, he was a pretty good player, but I didn't expect him to like. He just he was a late bloomer, right? Right. So like he was playing, I guess at the B level or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like as far as city center goes, it was like the the best hockey in his area, right? But in comparison, like it yeah. was a small town. Yes. So he didn't have a lot of competition. Like oh yeah, he was a good player, but it's not like oh he should never have been in this league. He should have moved when he was nine years old. It wasn't like that type of mentality, right? He had three hundred goals and five hundred assists. It was nothing like that, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, is it crazy to move for your kid to play better hockey if they are dominating their local area? But also, it's not that crazy. It yeah, and and also it has it kind of depends on how old they are too. Like yeah, because like lots of kids will dominate when they're like U nine or whatever, but then they most kids don't know what they want to do in life, right. <laughs> in life until so, they're at least like a little bit older. Here's the other thing. Instead of moving, maybe just, you know, try to um, make a nice donation to your uh, local organization and then have your kid play one year up, right? Hey, you know, maybe my kid can play on the, maybe he's U9. Mm. My kid play on the U11, U10, you know? There's ways you can Because then that, he's yeah. getting more competition. Or, or enter into, like, go, go for like spring hockey teams that travel yeah. And like instead oh, yeah. of like uprooting and moving all together, you try the teams that play the best hockey. Yes. And go to tournaments that play the better teams and give your son or daughter a taste of what that level of hockey is like. And who knows, like there's a lot of politics with hockey and it's not cut out for everyone, like yeah. especially like kids like like with ice time issues mm-hmm. and like all this stuff. So it's yeah. it's not for everyone, but it depends. Here's the thing, in Toronto, people move to Toronto all the time mm-hmm. for their kids to play in the GTHL. And they're not all going to the NHL. Yeah. Right? It's just, you're just, are you ready for the circus that is, mm-hmm. like, elite minor hockey? Because you might not want that. Yeah. Maybe it's better if you just stay and it's chill and your kid has fun. And, you know, if they're really good, they're going to be found. Yeah. Right? Like, look at the list of players from your area, from Colorado, that have gone on to play and, and what path they follow. Because... They could play high school hockey and then go on to college and then, you know, really flourish in, you know, college NCAA mm-hmm. and then get drafted. Yeah. Right. Now, on a completely different note, if I lived in Colorado and there wasn't a strong hockey culture where I lived, I would want to move somewhere where there's a strong hockey culture. That's fair. So, yeah. but it's not because I'm like, yeah, I want my kid to go to the show. Yeah. It's and just like, cause... I want to go to Minnesota because everyone loves hockey. and it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right like that th- that's a completely different reason though yeah. like you're j- making that decision as an adult not yeah for your for your kid also like is hockey all your kid wants to do because in colorado there's awesome mountain biking and hiking and like it's just a, uh fishing right. right so colorado is a great place it's on my bucket list actually it's, i want to go there it, it's awesome colorado's pretty awesome mm-hmm. but if your kid is just an absolute wagon it's not too crazy not too crazy to move but i'd say you want to Make sure you you actually want to go to that area. Mm-hmm. Don't go just for the hockey. Yes, because then if it doesn't work out, you're like, oh, I've wasted. Do my adult life. things and make sure that you can commit to it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit crazy. <laughs> a little crazy. It's a little crazy. And that's a crazy way to end the pod. 
we'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in. Yep. Go uh, grab some uh, Puck Daddy merch for Christmas. You guys are the best. What a sale. What a hard sell on that merch. <laughs> yeah. I'm, we're going to get the most orders we ever have. <laughs> a little softer than last uh, <laughs> last week's pitch. Yeah, there's, a, there's quite a few people that ordered the merch. Uh, we sold out ba, of ba, something. Ba, ba. change it. Ba, 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 ba. Thanks a lot, guys. Hey, are we going to do a shout-out? Live shout-out? No. Okay. We'll do it next Gotta week. change the world. <laughs> Cheers. With my hockey stick. Gonna make a real difference. Feed the poor and heal. Oh,